0: Welcome, Parshas Ekev begins as follows. It will be, mishpatim It will be as a result of, because of, that you will listen to these mishpatim, to these laws. Ushmartem And you will do, and you will keep and do them. And Hashem will... Keep for you the breast, the covenant, the esachesed, and the kindness asher visecha, that he swore to your forefathers. This seems simple enough on the face of it. If you keep the mishpatim, if you keep and perform the laws of the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do good things for you as he promised to our forefathers. Rashi paraphrases this Pasuk, adds a little bit, interprets, changes quote-unquote certain things. Let's see what Rashi does. Rashi says, If you will listen to the Mitzvahs the lighter, easier Mitzvahs, Mitzvahs that a person tends to trample on with his heels. In other words, Rashi is, sees in this word "akev" not the meaning of, or not only the meaning of "akev" as because of, as a result of, which is certainly one of the uses of the word in other places in the Torah. But Rashi is understanding that it is at least a hint, or maybe, maybe completely, the meaning here is, exclusively perhaps, that's debatable, but Rashi sees in this word the meaning of the heel of one's foot. So if you will do those easier mitzvahs, which people tend to crush, to trample on with their heels, so then, V'shema shem HaLokech uh, HaLecho Hashem will, Hashem will uh, keep for you the covenant. Rashi says, Yishmur Lecha Hashem will keep for you his promise. Now, without um, giving any answers, but certainly we see several things that Rashi does. We see that he interprets Akiv to mean the heel. We see that Vishomar, which has above at the beginning, and he will guard, Rashi, so to speak, takes away the above. In other words, he tells us not to. Translate that vob as and he says the Shamar Hashem is Yeshmore. Hashem will keep for you. And then the words in the Pasik, Brisvi Chesed, Hashem Secha, the covenant and the kindness that he swore to your forefathers, Rashi summarizes in one word, Haftoch, his promise, Hashem's promise. I'd like to raise four questions on this Rashi. First of all, Rashi inserts this word in. It is not in the Pusik. The Pusik doesn't say, if you will keep, if you will listen to the mitzvahs, but Rashi adds it in, so to speak. Rashi says, we have to understand the Pusik with this word in. So question A is, why does Rashi insist on putting in this word in? Question number two regards Rashi's interpretation of this word akiv, which he says it's referring to the heel of one's foot. And it means that if if you will keep those mitzvahs, that people tend to tread on with their heels, so then good things will happen. Uh, This is an explanation which seems far from the chat. There are many places in the Torah where the word Akiv simply means because of or as a result of, If Rashi's uh, Rashi's self-declared guiding principle is that he is explaining the Shutei Mikra the simple meaning of Scripture, then it seems that it's a little far-fetched to say that Akev over here is referring to the heels of people's feet. So why does Rashi bring in this very midrashic interpretation? Yes, it comes from a midrash, but why is he why is he making it as if that is the pshat in the pasuk? It seems far from the pshat. Question C, the Pasek says the word vishamar, Hashem will keep or guard. Okay, Rashi changes that to yishmor. What does yishmor mean? He will keep or he will guard. So what is Rashi accomplishing? by are changing the word vishamar to the word yishmor. One might say that the, the grammatical construction this shamar. It's a grammatical construction that we've spoken about. Shamar really is the past tense of the verb to guard. Shamar, he guarded. The vav in the front of it is what's called vav ha It changes the tense in this case from past to future. This is a grammatical uh, form which only appears in Chumash. It's only used in the Chumash. Chumash. We don't find it in, in Chumash and, and the rest of Tanakh. We don't find it in Mishnayis, Gemara, later uh, versions of Hebrew. Rashi, when he writes things, doesn't use this form. He uses it in quotations of Silkem, obviously, but when Rashi writes his own sentences, he doesn't write in this grammatical form. So maybe he took the word vishamar and he changed it to the word yishmar simply because um, this is the kind of Hebrew that Rashi wrote. He didn't write with this vav He wrote. Lashon asid is lashon asid, and lashon is lashon over. Putting above in front of one or the other doesn't switch it, perhaps. But that is question number three. Why does Rashi change from the word bishamar to the word yishmor? And question number four. Why does Rashi summarize this whole end of the pasuk as a via and Rashi summarizes it all in one word, Havtoch Now, again, here one might say that uh, this is what uh, uh, some commentators call Ahavas HaKitsa. It is the love of brevity. And we certainly know that Rashi wrote his commentary in, in in such a form. He doesn't use a lot of words. He uses a minimal amount of words. Maybe. But perhaps there's something more here, more than just ahavasa ketzer. Maybe there is some reason why Rashi changes to a simple one word summary. Let's begin trying to answer some of these questions one by one. Some of them have fairly simple technical answers, and some of them introduce us to very important uh, concepts here. Question A was, why does Rashi insert this word in? Pusik does not have the word in, but Rashi says, uh, he's telling us that when we under- look at the Pusik, we have to understand it as if the word in, if, were there. Rabbeinu Elio Mizrahi, and I must uh, apologize to the great Rabbeinu Elio Mizrahi. In a previous year, I called him Eliezer, and I didn't notice it until I listened to the recording myself. But Rabbeinu Eliyahu Mizrahi writes that the word ekev means because of or as a result of, but only when we are talking about something definite. For example, there's a pasik in, in Sefer Bratis where a Khalid Borahu says about Avram Avinu, ekev asher shoma avraham bekoili, because. Abraham listened to my voice and did all my mitzvahs and did everything the right way. Therefore, I'm going to bless his, uh, his uh, descendants. That there it's talking about a sure thing. It was done already. And Hashem, who is the ultimate arbiter, is saying that it was done. That Avraham kept all of the commandments. So, Ekeb shoma Avram B'Khali, yes, that is a proper use of the word Ekeb, about something that is for sure. But here, we're not talking about something that's guaranteed. Here, we're talking your essa mishpatim. This, this Moshe Rabbeinu was saying in the 40th year in the Midbar, maybe the people won't always keep the mitzvahs. We happen to know in retrospect that, that, that they, that we, did not always keep the mitzvahs. So keeping the mitzvahs is something that is subject to Bechira. If you're talking about the future, we don't know if we're going to do it or not. It depends on our choice. And therefore, says the uh, the Mizrahi, that the word Ekev was a little bit difficult to Rashi. What do you mean Ekev? Because they will keep the mitzvahs. But what if they don't? So therefore Rashi says that here, the word Ekev is used in a somewhat different sense than usual. Here it means if. Here you have to say that it means if. Okay, that's an answer to our first question. Question number two: The Pasek talks about keeping Hamish these laws. It presumably refers to all the laws of the Torah. And Rashi said, "Okay, but Rashi says that we're talking here about the mitzvah sakalis shadam dash pa'akevot. Since it says the word akiv, which can mean the heel, so therefore. The reference here is, the, 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 the condition here to merit all of the brachas, which are in the following pzuken, the condition is, you have to do all the mitzvahs, including those light mitzvahs that people tend to tread on. This seems to be, and the question is, this seems to be far from the pshat. Simple pshat would seem to be just a couple of words that Rashi started, started with. Im a mitzvah not ima mitzvah, but im, if you will keep the mitzvahs, so then good things will happen. Okay, it uses the word eiket. But why is Rashi saying that it's uh, referring to the mitzvahs that people tend to step on with their heels? But here again, the Mizrahi says that the word eiket does not have its usual meaning here. It can't, as we explained before, because more often than not, you, not, not only always, the word "akev" means as the result of something that has already been done, that is that is positive, that is that is, that is um, already guaranteed because it's already been done. And we say the result of that is, akev that, such and such will happen. But here we're talking about something that didn't happen yet, and that might not happen because it is subject to human vichirah. So therefore, the Mizrahi says that since the word Ekev is really a little out of place over here, so Rashi resorted to the Midrash. But the Midrash says it's a hint that we're referring here even to mitzvahs that people tend to tread on. Burarye says that the word Ekev is altogether extra in this Pasuk. The Pasuk could have said, V'hayor ima mishpatim It will be if the Mishpatim you will listen to. What is the word Ekeb coming to tell us altogether? So therefore the Goraya says, Rashi Darshaned, Rashi resorted to the Midrash and he says, it's referring to those mitzvahs that one might tend to to step on with one's heels. We see from, from the answers to both of these questions that it was very necessary for Rashi to insert this word, him. This is gonna become important soon in answering some of the, the more difficult questions, but a, but a fun, fundamental point of this Rashi is this one word, in. And we're talking here about something that may happen if we choose to make it happen, but it may not happen. Okay, let's continue. Question number three, why does Rashi change the word vishamar into Yeshmore. They both mean, they are both translated as he will guard. The Gu'aryah and the Mizrahi both say approximately the same thing here. So I will treat them as one. I'm also adding a little bit of background, but I think that what I'm saying is what they're saying. The vov, the letter vov in the word vishamar, can have two functions. Number one, it could mean and. Obviously, the letter Vav means and. It can also be the Vav HaMahapach. It can be that Vav that turns the past tense verb, Shamar, into a future tense, he will guard. The truth is that um, those who have attempted to translate the Chumash and Tanakh, they, uh, they struggle with this question. Should every Pasek or many, many Psukin, should they all begin with the word and? It says Vayetze Yaakov. Should we translate and Yaakov went out? Because the vav means and, or does the vav not really mean and in that case? It's just an indicator of the tense of the verb. So maybe Vayetze Yaakov means Yaakov went out. I believe I didn't have time to look at it. I think the Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan in his introduction to so his translation of the Torah, the Living Torah, I think he talks about this, and I think he generally does not translate the vav hamahapet as and. But this is a this a, a, a sticky point. Does the vav always mean and, or is it that when it's uh, when it's a vav hamahapet, maybe it really does not carry the, the sense of the English word and, or is it somewhere in between, not quite as recognizable as the English word and it's not an easy point in translation what to do with the vuvs that occur before so many verbs in the in Tanakh. It certainly can have two meanings. It could mean and and it could mean simply a, uh, an indicator of the tense of the verb. Rashi here wants to make clear that the vav in this case does not mean and and the reason is as follows the Pasek begins it will be if you listen to these mitzvahs and you will guard them and keep them now when you read those words you're expecting now the next sentence to tell you what is going to happen if you do that otherwise it's kind of a a, it's, it's a cliffhanger it will be if you will listen to these laws and you will guard them and keep them. You're waiting for the, for the result of that condition. If you do this, then the, the end of the sentence should say, then what is going to happen? Now if the next phrase is translated, and Hashem will guard for you the bris, you don't have the end of the sentence. You're still hanging, You're still waiting for the result. And I think, well, and Mizrahi don't say this explicitly, but I think that if, if Shamar if means and he will keep, that really sends it back to the word Im. That means that Vishamar Hashem kefo is also a conditional phrase, it's also on condition, it also is subject to the word in, which is very difficult to say, Hashem is going to keep his, his covenant. That's not an if. Is Hashem going to be tr- uh, true to His promise? Hashem certainly will be true to His promise. But even if we don't make that point, if you're going to translate Veshamar as and Hashem will keep, so that means we're still waiting for the end of the sentence. And it will be if you will listen to these mishpatim and you will guard them and you will keep them and you will and Hashem will keep the bris. Yeah. And, so what? What's going to happen? It doesn't say. So it's a, it's an incomplete sentence. Therefore, Rashi said, no, no, no. Bishamar doesn't mean, and Hashem will keep for you the bris. It means, Yishmar, he will keep for you the bris. He took away the vav, because he wants to make sure that you understand that that vav is not a translatable word, A-N-D, and, it is an indicator of the tense of the verb. The only way Rashi could do that is by changing into um Mishneic Hebrew which does not say vishomar to mean he will guard in the and mishnaic hebrew you say Yishmar, he will keep so now the pasik flows beginning of the pasik we'll color it a different color this whole part of the pasik is telling us the conditions that need to be met right that didn't work Let's try that again. This blue part of the Pesach is telling us the conditions that have to be met. You have to listen to the mitzvahs and keep them and do them. And now the rest of the Pesach is telling you what's going to happen if you do that. What is going to happen is Hashem will guard for you. He will keep for you the covenant that he swore to the forefathers. Not and Hashem, it's not, another, it's not another condition which will somehow lead to some desired result. No, this is the desired result. The desired result and the, and the, 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 the promised result and the necessary result of listening to all the mishpatim is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will guard for us the covenant that he made with the office. Now we come to what is, I think, the most interesting part of our discussion. That is why does Rashi summarize with one word, all of these words in the in the passage. The, the covenant and the kindness that Hashem promised to your forefathers. Rashi summarizes all of that with one word, "avtochasai." And we asked, is that merely his love of brevity? Did, he, uh, did Rashi hold like uh, Mahavdil, like Shakespeare, that the soul of wit is brevity? Or is there something more to why Rashi took all those words in the Pasuk and just paraphrased them with one word? I think to understand this, we have to take a look at a Midrash Rabba. Midrash Rabba right here on this Pasuk. Let's read the Midrash. The Midrash is very interesting and important on its own right, and I think it also holds the key to what Rashi is saying. The Midrash asks, What does it mean, the bris and the chesed? There are three good Midas, three good character traits that are in the hands of Yisrael, meaning that Jews have the Elohim. These are the three good character traits. By Shonin, they are bashful, they are shy in a certain way. Barachmonim, and they are merciful. and they bestow kindness to other people. And now Rabbi He is going to show a source in Sukim. Actually, all three sources are in the in the Chumash, in the Torah. A source for the fact that Kalah Yisrael has all of these mitis. Minai. How do we know that Kalah Yisrael, that the, the, the Am Yisrael, that they are bishanim, that they have bushah that they are um, they are uh, what's the proper translation of bishanim, they are they are modest and they are um, bashful in a certain sense, Shinemar, as it says in Eposuk and Shemais, um, and Torah is saying that why did a Kodesh Baruch Hu, quote unquote put on such a fantastic and awesome show at our Sinai? Why did he reveal himself to call Yisrael in such an astounding and frightening way? So the, the Tosuk says it was in order It was in order that Hashem's fear should be upon your faces forever after. So we see here the Kodesh acted in such a way that would implant his fear upon our faces forever, that we will always have that somewhat bashful character. Now, Rachmanim and From where do we know that that Bnei Yisrael are merciful? Shinemar as it says in a pasuk in Rachamim he will give to you rachamin, and he will also be merciful to you. But it says, He will give to you mercy. So Rabbi is, is interpreting. doesn't mean he will deal with you in a merciful way. That wouldn't be, But it says he will give to you mercy. It means he's giving you the characteristic of mercy. And from where do we know that B'nai Yisrael are G'em Leich that they bestow kindnesses upon other people. Shenemer, as it says, our Pasek here in Parshat Eker, Hashem will guard for you, he will keep for you, the bris, the covenant, and the Chesed. Now, how is Rebichia interpreting our Pasek? He is saying that the Shemar Hashem Lokech Halecho a Chesed, Hashem will keep for you the chesed means he will reward you and he will always remember the chesed that you did, that you have. You have a mida chesed, you have that good midah. you have a midah of kindness, Hashem is going to keep that for you, he's going to keep it in mind and he's going to reward you for it. That is how Rabbi Chia, I believe, is understanding the Pesach. It's a fact, he's saying. That, that we have this midah of, of chesed, and Hashem is going to keep it in mind. He's not going to forget it. Rashi, I think, in part, wants to tell us that he feels that is not the pshat. And part of the reason that Rashi feels that's not the pshat is because of this all-important word, him, that Rashi inserted for a variety of reasons at the beginning of the passage. We spoke already of, a, I believe, two, two reasons, why Rashi insists on him at the beginning of this basak. But in any case, it says, if you will listen to the mishpatim and you will keep them, and you will do them, so then Hashem will keep for you the greece and the chesed, Not quite sure what it has to do with the word him, but let's just see how Rashi understood the Passock. Let's leave that factor out for the moment. If you will keep, if you will listen to these, these laws and you will keep them and you will do them. So, what Rashi understood that this word chesed is not the chesed that we do. HaMishpatim HaEle doesn't mean chesed. That's not what the mitzvahs are about. I mean, some mitzvahs are about chesed. There is a mitzvah of chesed. But when you say HaMishpatim HaEle, that could not possibly be summarized by the word chesed. Mishpatim are there are many different mishpatim and many different reasons for the mishpatim and many different aspects of the mishpatim. It's not all about the kindness that we do to some other person, that, that's included, but that, that, I wouldn't say that's a definition of them. So Rashi understood what does it mean Hashem will keep the chesed? It doesn't mean he will keep for us the chesed that we do. Rashi is saying that Hashem will keep the promise that he made to us. In other words, Rashi is not understanding like the Midrash that Hashem is going to uh, remember and and appreciate all of the kindness that we do for others. I'm sure that's true. Rashi is understanding the meaning of the Pasuk is, those four words are a, they are a phrase. They're a phrase that sticks together as one phrase. What does it mean? It means the breeze of Chesed, the kind breeze, the breeze of kindness. Sort of like the like Yaakov Avinu says um, on his deathbed to his son Yosef, that if you will, um, I'm asking you, Chesed will you please do for me Chesed veEmes? Kindness and truth, Rashi there says it means Chesed is chesed It is a truthful chesed So here you have, there you have There you have chesed ve'emes Chesed ve'emes is a phrase which really means one thing A truth full of kindness and here the words, Esa bris I believe Rashi is trying to tell us, it's one thing. It's not Hashem will keep for you the bris. He'll keep to you His promises. And He will keep for you the chesed. And He will guard for you the chesed that you did. That's what the Midrash is saying. But Rashi is saying, no. Esa bris a is one entity. And therefore, he translates it as one word. Haftah Hashem's promise to us. We look a little bit more closely at this midrash and this Rashi. We see uh, not a machlokes, but 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 two attitudes about the Torah, which are somewhat opposing. I mean, one is the true attitude; one is a is a very superficial attitude. There are those who sometimes suggest that. The main thing is to be nice to people. That, that's all that, I, that God cares about. I mean, some people take this to various levels of extremity. There are some people who do make a good effort to do the basic mitzvahs, the kashas, Shabbos, etc. But what they really care about is to be nice to other people. Now, that's very nice. That is wonderful. I wish I could be as nice as they are. But it's really not a true picture what a Kodesh Baruch wants of us, just go around and be nice to people. He wants us to do that, but that's kind of short-sighted. That's kind of not really seeing what it's all about. The Midrash, I'm not saying the Midrash is recommending that, but the aspect that the Midrash is focusing on is that aspect of chesed, kindness, helping others. Okay, that's great. But what, what Rashi is focusing on is, is there's a much bigger picture. There's that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised to us, He promised to us, he made with us a very kind and um, favorable covenant. But sometimes you get into a business deal, it's, it's not really all that favorable to your side. Uh, you have to pay X, 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 and X, and that. You have to put in a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of investment and your return is only a, a couple of percentages. That's not a that's not a bris shol it's Not such a great investment. But Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us a very favorable comment. Yes, we have to do a lot, but the but the the um, the payoff is is limitless. The payoff is is eternal and limitless. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu made with us a bris shol What is the what do we have to do? We have to do all of the mitzvahs even down to the little ones that a person might be that a person might tread with his heels it's not enough just to be a nice guy you have to be a nice guy or a nice girl you must that that is absolutely true but that's not everything that a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants from us Kodesh Baruch Hu wants from us mitzvahs he wants from us and Kriyashma, and Taras Amishpocha and Hiltha and, Shabbos, and, and down to the smallest detail, as much as a person can, can learn it and be careful about it, not to, be, not to be insane about it, but to be careful about it, and exact and precise about it, yes, the Kodosh Baruch wants all of that, and to the extent that we can do it, that will be called Tishma'un, that is called that we have listened to these laws. It has been pointed out that the Nun at the end of Tishma'un is a intensifier. if you will really listen, if you will carefully listen to these Mishpatim, all of these Mishpatim, to all of these laws. So then, HaKadosh Baruch has for us a very favorable deal. The favorable deal is that in exchange for concentrating On all of these mitzvahs, both those that appear to be very central, and even those that appear to be smaller to us. We don't understand their importance, but if we'll keep them all, so the Hashem has a great deal for us. It's a bris shel chesed that a Baruch Hu will reward us with wonderful rewards. Of course, all you have to do is go further in the psukim, and you'll see some of the rewards that are forthcoming. We're observing these mitzvahs, Just a very quick look. It says in the following psukim that the Prophet will love you and bless you and increase you and give you all kinds of good crops to eat and and uh, cattle and sheep and a land to live on, and you will be blessed, mo- the most blessed of, of among all the nations and. There will be no akara. There will be no men or women who are unable to have children, and he will remove from you all illnesses, and you will you will rule over your enemies and 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 wonderful, wonderful blessings. It's a priest shul chesed. The prophets are tremendous. It's a very profitable covenant from our standpoint. But it begins not only with being very nice, which is absolutely Necessary, but also um, We must keep all of the mitzvahs down to even those that may at first glance appear to us to be unimportant.